Hello and welcome back. This is the second half of a podcast with Fiona Spargo Mabs on, and we're talking about drugs. Uh, in the first half, we heard um, Fiona's story with her son Daniel. Um, this half, we're going to have a look at harm reduction, what we can do as parents to set young people up to keep themselves safe around drugs. So I hope you find this useful. And if there are any questions that you still have left over by the end, please feel free to get in touch. So in terms of harm reduction, what, what advice do you give to parents to give to their kids? It's what, uh, that's something that's kind of needs to be quite age appropriate in a way because you don't, it's, it's, and it's a difficult message for parents because you don't want to be, what you want to be saying as a parent is just don't touch this yeah. stuff because it's really dangerous and yes. can really mess you up. Um, but realistically, we have to prepare our kids for the possibility that they might come across stuff and in a particular social situation might find that they're saying yes to something. Um, so having that harm reduction information something in their back pocket is really important Um, when I'm talking to to students I always talk about it in terms of their friends so I'm not making any assumption I'm not in any way saying if you do take drugs this is what you need to know but but if you're with someone that's taking something, this is what they need to know, um, because then it's they've got it. They've got that information without that message. Mm-hmm. I'm not. No way is anyone it's giving them any permission. And the bottom line of of the bottom, middle, top, all the way through, is you cannot make this risk zero. If you take drugs that you've got from the legal source, you can't make that risk zero. Mm-hmm. Um, risk is very complicated, which is another thing that's useful for parents to understand and for children to understand, young people to understand. Um, but some really basic harm reduction advice is make sure that you know about stuff. So if you're taking ketamine, know about ketamine. What is it? What does it do to you? What What are the risks? How is it going to affect you? Um, there's some good places that you can go for information about specific substances that I can um, mention and we can we, put we on the website. Them, we'll put those on the website. Brilliant. For sure. um, and stick together. I mean, that's really good advice for young people going out for anything and all the risks they're exposed to. Go out together, stay together, have someone that's that's got the safe, sensible head if other people are maybe not being quite so sensible. And if you're with someone that's taken something, check in with them. They might look okay, but they might be starting to feel a little bit weird. Um, don't mix anything, especially alcohol. Alcohol interacts with 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 all the drugs to make them incredibly more risky. Alcohol and nitrous oxide, alcohol and cocaine produces another chemical altogether, which can be incredibly risky mm-hmm. um, alcohol and I mean alcohol on anything mm-hmm. just really and, it, and how easy is it you've had a couple of drinks to make some other decisions you wouldn't otherwise make um, but also different drugs mixing together um, really generic harm reduction advice if if anybody's taking the risk of taking an, a drug they've got from an illegal source they're basically testing it on themselves mm-hmm. so all the advice is just don't jump in with a whole pill and a whole bag of powder start low go slow you know have try a little bit if you are going to take it um wait to see what the effect is you, you don't know what's in it for quite a long time it's a couple, yeah, a couple, couple of, of hours, hours isn't it? absolutely yeah and you can think sometimes it's it might be a substance that's kind of mimicking the effect of what you think it is and it might have a delayed effect mm-hmm. so you think it's not working you've got a dud you have another one that's when a, a number of overdoses have happened because mm-hmm. of that um think about the um remember the kind of the other 
consequences that can be like legal consequences mm-hmm. um, think about that there are there's quite specific harm reduction advice about individual substances around food and water so for example something like MDMA there are specific amounts you should drink every every hour it's very dehydrating it stops you processing mm-hmm. liquid properly but you can also drink too much yeah. that's what what happened to Leah Beth she all the harm reduction advice is you've got to keep drinking lots of water and, yeah. and sadly she drank too much and your brain swells and and that caused her death um, with ketamine you shouldn't eat for a couple of hours before because it can make you sick and because it can cause immobility that can be really risky um, yeah so look up you know for individual substances check out that advice um, really important advice for young people is if if you're with someone and something starts to go wrong just call 99 just get help yeah. chances are if you're in a situation where something goes wrong for somebody you're with there's not going to be a responsible adult there you can call on you're the front line mm-hmm. in in getting help for that person which is really scary and totally understandably young people are really scared about getting help and calling 999 mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they don't want to get in trouble they don't want to get anyone else in trouble maybe it's not as bad as it seems um but they will genuinely for parents just to stress to their children they will not get in trouble if they call 999 they i think a lot of young people parents probably as well actually you call 999 you just get an ambulance but it's really hard to get an ambulance they ask a whole load of questions um they will only send an ambulance if they feel it's necessary so it's their decision it's not your decision Mm -hmm. um if if it's not needed no one's going to be cross with you um and if it's not needed they'll put you through but they think that that medical help might be needed they'll put you through to somebody who's medically trained who Mm. can talk you through how to help but certainly if there are certain signs you can if if someone's I mean if someone's hallucinating if someone's overheating if someone's um if 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 they're um kind of disorientated there are, there are various things that you need to keep an eye out for them mm-hmm. but certainly if they're if anyone's passed out if they're having convulsions or seizures you must 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 get help you so could literally message across you could literally save somebody's absolutely. life and nobody's going to be angry with you for absolutely and if you don't and something goes wrong you're going to have that on your heart for the rest of yeah. your life and in terms of in terms of the legal part of this you know quite often what I've I know that they'll do is they're going off to a festival they're going off to a party everybody chucks 10 quid into a pot somebody is then uh, it's their turn to go and, and collect yes. the stuff from the dealer they then give it out to everybody you know in terms of the legal implications on the whole I don't think that's going to cause any problem unless somebody is really really poorly or worse still actually dies at which point where does the law stand on the person who's bought the drugs? That person has committed a criminal yeah. offence. It's yeah. that supply of drugs, and if it's Class A drugs, that's a serious offence. I mean, it, it it may not come to the attention of the law unless something goes wrong, but it but you can't rely on that no. either. It almost it will if something goes wrong, then it yeah. will come to the attention. They'll be wanting to know where they got those drugs from, and there have been a number of cases where. Um, I mean, again, you only hear about the dramatic ones where yeah. there's been a death, but the ones that you that, that have been in the news, there have been a number of cases where someone has ended up with a custodial sentence when they've been the one in that friendship group mm-hmm. to run the errand, basically, and it could just as easily have been anybody else. So getting the, that, sorry to interrupt you, but getting that message absolutely. Them, you know, if something goes wrong, you're going to have to live with the consequences, not only of the fact that your best, one of your best friends has died from this, but you face being in prison as well. Absolutely, and the last consequences of having a criminal record and especially a drugs conviction on this government data that um, 
the, the most recently published stuff, the 11 to 15 year olds who had taken illegal drugs, 49% got them from a friend. So those friends, that social supply is still the main source mm. for not just 11 to 15 year olds, but 15 to 25 year olds as well, that, that mm. within a friendship group, but that is a criminal offence. Yeah. Yeah, and um, from a parental point of view, because this is a question that I've been asked certainly a few times, <clears throat> you know, if you suspect that your child is taking drugs or they've got them in the house or, you know, what what, what advice would you give parents? From a legal point of view? Well, from both, from a, from from a, a legal conversational point of view, but also point a conversational view. point of view. Um, from a legal point of view, if you find drugs in, in the house, if it's in your child's pocket or bedroom or or you take them from your child, you must get rid of those drugs as quickly as possible. Otherwise, you're in possession of illegal drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's up to you what you do with them. And the, you could um, take them to the police station, but you might not want to yeah. do that. And you, but you just need to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you know that drugs are being consumed in your, you know, you know that's a teenage party going on. There's kids down the end of the garden smoking weed. If you turn a blind eye to that, that's a criminal offence. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if you know that illegal drugs are being consumed in any way, shape, or form in in your home, and you're the homeowner or the person responsible for that house. Um, then that's a criminal offence. So it, it, that can put you in a very difficult situation. Mm. But more importantly, really, is how you, as a parent, support your child if you've got concerns about their use. I mean, I think, first of all, if, you, if you've got suspicions or concerns, um, test out the basis of them first, because you, before you kind of jump in and go, are you taking drugs? <laughs> or we're really worried about you. Um, Although we're really worried about you, it's a good way to start the conversation. But um, and in fact, that is a good way to open a conversation because there, there can be, you know, we're, we're just we we we've got concerns, or I've got con- concerns. Mm. You know, there there are these things that I'm just not sure about. Can can you just what can you tell me? But don't. It's good not to jump in with the straight. I think so you might be taking ask, don't bit. tell. Yeah, I've always had that as my mantra. If you have one mantra for bringing up teenagers, ask. Absolutely, tell. absolutely. And I think with drugs, as possibly at the top of the list of the things that you don't yeah. want to just jump in with. Yeah. Um, if you've got concerns, then um, or if you know that your child's using drugs, um, it's really good to. One thing that's really good is to ask your child. I mean, if you know, it might be that there are various ways that you could find out. The, the clearest, surefire way is that they might tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's got to that stage, then they're probably, hopefully, open to then maybe getting some help or, or they're talk, telling you because they know that actually it's getting a little bit out of hand mm-hmm. um, it's something that they're not entirely comfortable with. Might not be the case. Um, somebody else might tell you and then you need to know whether that's a reliable source of information. You might see some signs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of the signs of possible drug use are also signs of perfectly normal he, mm-hmm. teenage behaviour mm-hmm. like moodiness and being a bit rude and eating lots and... Um, body you know all of those sorts mm-hmm. of things but but there are other signs that are that are things that that might be more um of a concern so funny smells that you might not be aware of hanging around other people that are using drugs um things going on with with pupils your child is maybe coming back and just not seeming quite themselves so when you say pupils you're you're pointing to your eyes so you're saying you're, oh yes your pupils dilating or constricting yes exactly um 
talking about drugs on social media, having too much money, where's mm-hmm. that come from, things going missing from home. It could be their nice stuff that they haven't got anymore, or have they sold it, mm-hmm. has money gone missing from a purse. Um, falling great at school and self-harm and those sorts of things can be other reasons for that but as part of a bigger picture might be things that could cause you concern um it's really good if you have if if you if you've got concerns or if you know your child's using drugs to have someone that is on your side to be a team if you've got another half Mm -hmm. stand together in that um it's a difficult thing to do on your own so if you haven't got someone or if your other half isn't in quite the same place about it then get a a sister or a brother or a friend or somebody that can kind of be with you so you've got more than one voice um, in in that kind of support role you might get to a stage where you need professional help if it gets to a certain stage sometimes we're not the best people to help fix things for our children we love them best but sometimes there's professional help that you need to get in for that and is that something that we can put on the website yes to go to as well yes yes absolutely and and there's um, an organization called drug fam which has got a helpline that's really useful place to go as well so that can go on the website too yeah. yeah definitely put that up there yeah again it's just that listening like you're saying and and not interrogating not lecturing which is so hard because if as a parent you're you have such a strong instinct to to save your children from exactly and if you know your child's exposing themselves to something that you know is risky your first instinct is to jump in and whisk them away and you can do that or to be furiously angry with them because how can they be so stupid to you know and all those things which are totally totally understandable but anything that's going to close that conversation down needs to be avoided as much as possible because your child really needs you you're the most important person Mm -hmm. to help them get through the something which could be um could which is which isn't good for them whatever and could end up being something that's that's um, quite significantly problematic and risky for them and i think the the other thing i mean i, I don't know where you stand on this but i always say to them you know probably you know in a room of 198 of you could get away with trying something but there'll be two of you for whom your brain just literally can't hack it. Yes, or, or you, you get, get dodgy something, something. Dodgy, you know, yeah. so it's not, because people talk about Russian roulette, it's not Russian roulette because it's not a one in six, but it is still a risk. And, you know, you're going to have to live with the consequences one way or another, because once that's down your down your throat, Absolutely, there is yeah. no way out, is there? And, and, and you're out. And if that's if that's you, if you're the one two in a hundred, or the one in a hundred, or the one in a million, or a yeah. thousand, whatever, that's a hundred percent you. Yep. And and like you say, really important message. Once something's in your system, you can't get it out. It's going to do its thing, yep. and there's not a lot you can do to alter that. And if it takes you to a horrid place, a scary place, or a dangerous place, um, you're kind of stuck there until it's got through you or and out the other side or um and hopefully hopefully leaves you without too much damage yeah. but the, but you're you're in its in its power basically yeah. and i mean the other thing that and i've come across this you know in therapy a lot is how it can make people very very anxious so i think mm. particularly what i've come across particularly the extended use of weed cannabis oh my goodness you know yeah. it, they don't they just because i think they're seeing on the new cbd oil and, yes 
and, and they're getting the wrong message and they don't understand the difference between THC, which is the psychoactive part, and the CBD, which is the yes. protective part, and how they're going to be in completely different proportions for a medical substance than they are for something that they're going to buy from a dealer. Yes. And actually, the you know how how it can make some people deeply, deeply anxious and paranoid. Yes, yes. It's it's cannabis is such a difficult one because uh, there is this kind of it's just weed, mm. and and there are so many myths around and really confusing messages mm. for for young people. So all this stuff about medicinal cannabis if something's medicine how can it be bad for mm-hmm. you all the stuff about it being made legal in u.s states and and countries like canada for recreation as well as medicinal use mm-hmm. if it's legal in other countries then surely that must mean that it's okay because the law's there to protect us from harm mm-hmm. all the stuff about um, cbd oil and and the the benefits that that can have um, and it's just a plant, so yeah. how can you know it's natural? Can take any of that synthetic that. nonsense, but you know it's kind of like herbal herbal remedy yeah. of some sort. But it is really confusing for young yeah. people, and it's perfectly understandable that they should see this as a fairly benign substance. And they can sometimes get that message a little bit from people of their parents' generation, for whom it was a very different substance. It wasn't that it didn't do any harm because it did to some people, but it was a completely different substance from what it is now because the thc levels were so much absolutely lower. and and the cbd can mitigate some of the harmful yeah. effects of the thc so there was the cbd and the thc were much more balanced and now that the cannabis that's available on sale in the uk the vast majority of us got this very very high levels of the thc very low levels of cbd mm. and as you said it's the thc that's what causes the high has a psychoactive effect mm. and those unwelcome effects from cannabis of mm. the anxiety the paranoia the panic attacks um, and it's it's not just that the cannabis is so much stronger but also that people are smoking it so much younger mm-hmm. so 20 30 years ago it was people at university in their 20s that might be smoking cannabis 13 14 year olds smoking cannabis when your brain is going through yeah. such important changes and cannabis in, in interferes with that development and those changes in, in a way that's quite unique yeah. bottom line with cannabis is that the, the the bit of your brain it affects is the bit that you need for learning, memory, concentration, mood, motivation. So, so just smoking a bit of weed, you're going to learn less well, um, and that you know that lasts so long, and then it'll be out of your system. But the more you do that, that the more that knocks your learning ability. And obviously, those teen years, of, that's what you need to be able to do is learn stuff and remember things and get through your exams and do all that stuff. Um, but more importantly, is is the way that it can affect young people's mental health um, whether in terms of of introducing anxiety and paranoia Mm -hmm. or at an extreme that risk of psychosis and that lasting permanent mental health damage that young people can have which we don't have a cure for which we don't no and I have spoken to too many parents who have got children who are never going to be able to live independently or free of medication because of smoking weed Um, it's it's the, the more you more young people are in treatment for cannabis than all other drugs put together, mm. significantly more. You, when you're smoking as a teenager and your brain is going through, when it's 
getting to be amazing at learning stuff mm-hmm. it can learn bad things as well as good things mm-hmm. and so and especially with with cannabis it can kind of construct itself around needing cannabis and so one in six teenagers who smoke cannabis will will statistically will develop cannabis dependency yeah. um, which can be then very difficult to to get through um, and the more regularly you smoke the more you increase that likelihood and with the st- the stronger it is, the more you increase that likelihood. Mm. It's just not, it really isn't just weed. And the worst time of your life to smoke it is when you're a teenager. The worst time of your life to take any drugs is when you're a teenager because how they do what they do is by changing your brain chemistry and your brain structure in some way or other. And when your brain needs to be left alone to do all the really important, exciting changes that are going on in it. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, it's also the time that it's most difficult to make sensible decisions yeah. about things, especially yeah. things that can make you feel good. Do, yeah, they're wired for excitement, they're wired for the thrill, they're wired Absolutely. to test the boundaries without yeah. the ability to work out what might happen, which is why, you know, everything we do, so the, the, the power of everything is about, you've got to get, you've got to give them the consequences so that they yes. can then make a choice. And, yes. you know, do you understand what psychosis is? Do, you know, how, what yes. would the implications be on your... And your family thinking about drugs on a bigger scale, you know, the impact on society. Just because uh, there was actually, I was working with some year eights last week, and one of them said, Well, you know, in Canada, it's a really good system because they've legalized it, but they're putting the money into drugs education. So, what does that tell you? It doesn't tell you that, that, that legalizing it has made it safe. It's basically saying that actually we, we haven't got the resources to lock everybody up, so we're better off putting that money into educating people not to do it in the first place. Yes, and, and in Canada as well, they made it legal because it was doing so much harm. They didn't make it... It's That's so confusing for young yeah. people because I think however much you might kick against rules and boundaries and things, you do basically know they're there to protect you. Mm-hmm. And so if something is, is made legal, it, the message is this is okay. Yeah. But actually it was made legal partly at least because it wasn't okay. Yeah. And that's a lot of people in this country that want cannabis to be made legal, want it to be made legal so that it so that you don't have this incredibly strong or if you have got incredibly strong stuff at least you know that it's incredibly strong mm. but for young people that is so confusing yeah. Um, yeah. but 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 even that's where you, you come back to medicines again and with yeah. medicinal cannabis it's not that it's risk free it's just that those risks are managed for us by other people yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 a different, yeah. and as we i mean in the uk very few people have managed to get a prescription for medicinal cannabis anyway because those risks haven't there hasn't been time yet to look at what they are but it but it's it's a hard one to come at for um for for parents in terms of those conversations and especially if you're a parent that's another thing actually in terms of the conversation if you've got your own story um then before you know when you're thinking about having those conversations think about how you might frame that you know if if you did smoke a bit of weed when you as a number of our politicians it turns out (laughs) have done all sorts of things in their youth Um, but if you're somebody that has um, how you frame that is is something that you might want to think about before you have that conversation Um, if you get there so mum have you ever so dad Mm -hmm. have you ever Um, but certainly in terms of cannabis a way of responding to that is is just around that it it wasn't okay it was still illegal and it wasn't a good thing to have done and it did still cause some people lasting damage but it was a very 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 different substance to what it is now I quite often think if they're asking uh, you know and you're not sure how to 
wants to flip it back at them. So I'm kind of guessing you're asking because it's something that you're exploring for yourself. Yes. So yeah, you know what. Where does that where does that go? Answering a question with a question is a very yeah. cunning plan. <laughs> therapist. <laughs> so um, just because we're we in June, Reading Festival is around the yes. corner. Oh my goodness! Uh, if you were a parent sending a, sending a child your your teenagers off for that hideous post GCSE uh, festival, what is there any particular advice you'd be giving them? Um. Basically, that part of your conversation. I mean, we're talking specific. There are all sorts of things that yeah. you can do in terms of getting ready for a festival and staying well, and we safe. We have got a whole podcast on festivals. But oh I'm yes, just brilliant. To in terms of drugs, um, there will be drugs. There will be a, a lot of drugs relative to anywhere else on the planet. Mm-hmm. And the music festival, there are whole heaps of drugs. Somewhere like Reading is is um, particularly. Uh, I don't know what to say, but they've got. There are a lot of kids there mm-hmm. because there's the classic. You get your GCSE results, you go to Reading mm-hmm. Festival. So a lot of festivals are eighteen plus, but Reading is one of the ones that are sixteen plus. So there are and quite a lot of young writers. Passage, you know, it seems amongst yes. a certain, you know, amongst certain type. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's not to stop your kids going at all. If you feel that's okay, and it's something that that you know, but but it's really important that you've you've had good conversations beforehand about how they will mag- manage the risks that will be their way, because they're very unlikely not to be offered something by somebody, mm-hmm. and it could be a random stranger, but it could be someone within their friendship or a friend of a friend or someone they hook mm-hmm. up with and become friends with there, and that's always much harder. So it's making sure that they know the main things that they're likely to come across will be nitrous oxide, there'll be cannabis, MDMA, ketamine and cocaine. Those are the things, but mostly probably MDMA and ketamine and the mm-hmm. nitrous oxide and the cannabis. And we, and we haven't really touched on the nitrous oxide because I think a lot of parents will get, oh, isn't it just a bit of laughing gas? Unless you're like, no, it's definitely yeah. not just a bit of laughing gas. But... It's an anaesthetic. Yeah. So it's it's it blocks the oxygen to the brain. Um, one of those canisters will last only about 10 seconds, but if you're just having if you're just having one canister, that's just one canister, but if you're having a whole load of canisters or, or even a string or having it regularly, if you're having it with alcohol or any other drugs, um, it's not a risk-free substance at all. Um, it's and it's something that is seems like just a bit of fun because mm. it's called laughing gas mm. and it's in a balloon. Mm. Um, and it's also known as hippie crack, I think. I think only by the Daily Mail, though. I have to <laughs> right, say, okay. I've never heard a young person call it hippie <laughs> no, crack. I've never heard a young person call it hippie <laughs> crack, but I did see that, and then I thought, well, that yeah, probably gives no. parents a fairer idea <laughs> of what it actually is than laughing gas. It's uh, they they'll call it balloons or nos or yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but there, there will be stuff around. So it's really, to, to have that heads up, how are you going to, you can prepare ahead, you can rehearse. What are you going to, how are you going to mm. come at that? What are you going to do? The, the, just to be aware as well, because because it, it's 16-year-olds going, it's it's often their, it, very often their first time away from home with friends. Mm. And um, very often there might be some first experiences there or first opportunities or first times of coming across things first times of seeing things maybe Mm -hmm. it might be the first time you've seen anyone using drugs Mm -hmm. um so just to be and to be aware as well i think that there can be a a sense that uh, that there's there's a 
a kind of festival atmosphere that kind of different rules apply it's there's there can be a great sense of it's just really kind of chilled and relaxed and there's all this music mm-hmm. and all these young people and everyone's very kind of um it, it but it but it can feel as if it's a different universe I but actually it, the rem- same rules apply it reminds me of you know, when you're going on holiday, money doesn't count in the airport. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that kind of, that's right. That kind of same idea as, oh, well, you know, it's fine. It's a different, I'm in a different zone. And yes. I think they get a bit kind of, oh, it won't happen here. Cause... Yeah. And I, I spent um, an afternoon in the summer at Festival in mm-hmm. Dorset. So as a mummy at a festival, mm-hmm. it's kind of a different kind of perspective on it all. Um, but it is, a, it is a great vibe and a great mm. atmosphere. But, but it is also a place where it might feel as if risks don't really count but they really really do a really good tip for young people is for parents to talk to their kids about is when you get there orient orientate yourself Mm -hmm. but have a meet point with your friends Mm -hmm. it's that looking out for each other thing which is so important especially with drugs and alcohol make Mm -hmm. sure that you are with the people that you're with and that you stay with each other and you look out for each other have a meet up point have a time when you're going to touch base there because it's so easy to lose track you're dancing you're in the moment and um, also when one of the first things you need to do when you get there is to find out where the medical tent is where the welfare tent is where the Samaritans are there'll be an area where all of those tents are um, and and go there if it's a festival where the loop is able to go they're a drug testing organization and if your child is with someone that's taking something make sure they go there and get it tested because it's that last line of defence. If someone's got something, they've got an intention to take it. The best they can do, best anyone can do for them is at least let them know what's in it. But also the loop will give that information as part of a whole harm reduction conversation. So mm. if you take this, these are the risks that you need to be aware of. This is yeah. the effect it might have on you. Um, I think, it, I mean, I'd said it in the other podcast about festivals, you know, that actually, yes, it's great. We've got the drugs testing stations, but we can't still, be, still can't give them the message that... No, that it doesn't make it, it safe. safe. Absolutely not. But far from it. At least they're getting decent advice whilst yes. they're there. And yeah. also to remember that drugs at fest, drugs everywhere, as we've said, are messed up. Mm. Drugs at festivals are infinitely more messed up than anywhere else because, like we said about the the, the dealers, suppliers wanting to kind of keep customer loyalty and wanting to be known as someone that's got good gear, at a festival they don't care. No. They're there to make as much money as they can over the next three days. They're never going to see you again. Mm-hmm. If you sell something really dodgy to someone and word gets, and word isn't going to get out in that time. Yeah. So it really, really doesn't matter. Plus you've sneaked them in in some orifice somewhere most yeah. likely and possibly not cleaned it terribly. You know, there's all yeah. sorts of stuff that you can talk about from that point of view as well. Um, but all the other practical stuff which also relates to drugs and, and, and alcohol like you know keeping well hydrated make sure you keep a, have a big water bottle keep it topped up keep yourself really well hydrated Reading won't sell alcohol to under 18s no. um, oh it was probably no festival no festival no, they should won't. actually but no, they but they they, um, but, they um, absolutely um, won't you know, and and um, also they're, they're being very stringent about taking alcohol in which they yeah. didn't used to be a few yeah. years ago yeah. Um, so drugs are an option if you want to you know have a, 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 an alternative experience um, but make sure that that you you're aware of how differently anything can affect you if you're really really hot 
So I think, uh, yeah, not it's not about not letting them go to a festival. It's about setting yeah. them up to be able to look after themselves whilst they're there and actually yes. never, ever being afraid to call in help if, if it's going Absolutely, well. absolutely. Yeah. And there are people there, there are lots of people there who you could get help from to in the immediate, yeah. yeah. So on that note, probably having scared half the time, <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to say a, a huge thank you uh, Fiona, I was very quiet at the beginning because I was so deeply moved by your story, um, as I'm sure anybody listening to this is going to be. Um, I think your your bravery and just incredible, and it's been a huge Thank privilege to, to meet you and to talk to you. And you know what? If we can get this out to as many parents as possible, hopefully, you know, somebody out there will will have the right advice to give their teenagers Absolutely. at the right time. Yeah, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity yeah, to, to talk. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's and good luck to everybody out there. Yes. It's a great adventure. It is. <laughs> it is. Thank you. Okay.